broadcast stations on the On the Airwaves, the Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for Food Fascinations on Beyond the Airwaves, the Infinity Project. I am your host for tonight, Red Ranger Tim, and joining me on the line is our Oddball Extreme. How you doing, Medea? I am doing good. My sinuses are almost clean, keep that completely cleared up. I'll get it out of my mouth, I swear. <laughs> oh, my. Our AZ magician hopefully will be joining us uh, any time now. Uh, but for the moment, I believe it's time for our Food Fascinations episode. And tonight, mm-hmm. our topic is lucky and unlucky foods. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Yes, it is. Because I'll put it this way. I've grown up, I've grown up with the superstition that Eating black-eyed peas on New Year's Day will make you will make you lucky and prosperous. I don't know if that's really true, but <laughs> well, if it is, I'm about two weeks too late. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, here's something. <laughs> here's something fun. 15, it's, it's like the 15 food superstitions that could ruin your entire life. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. I thought, I thought I'd have a harder time finding links. Actually, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> and Ashley's Ooh. in the chat room. Hey, Ash. Hey, Ashley. Hop back over here. Oh yeah, I got something to mention before um, we get started. Mike wanted me to mention this when um, we did the video games last night. Uh, Kingdom Hearts: The VR Experience has been delayed for the second time. The original date was supposed to be this Friday. It has jumped back to the twenty-third, which is Wednesday, a week from today. What's going on with it? I don't know. <laughs> Probably just need a few extra days to polish it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. So help me incisors. <laughs> oh my! Could not resist that one. All right. Oh, now this is posted back. Now this is posted back on October fifth of twenty eighteen. So. And this is in the writer's words. Oh, superstitions. These little phrases certainly keep you on your toes, whether you're in the deep south or in England. Not just for luck or wealth, you might be surprised to learn that there are quite a few food superstitions that spill everything from bad luck to warding off the supernatural. While Americans, Southerners in particular, have contributed their fair share of food superstitions to the list, many of these are internationally recognized now. The real question is, how many of these food superstitions do you secretly follow? Oh, here's a, oh boy, you might like this one, Tim. Number one, oh bury, bur- bury bourbon at the site of your wedding before the ceremony to ward off unwanted rain. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my uh, indeed. Yeah, let's see. Southerners have been saying variations of this phrase for decades, and about half of the time it actually holds up. Also, Southerners seem to love burying bourbon, so how does it work? 
Once you pick the spot for your upcoming nuptials, you and your betrothed best head right back there to bury a bottle of bourbon. This is not to be confused with the southern idea of burying bourbon on the day of your wedding to either dig up for your first fight or to celebrate your first year of marriage. We've heard all variations. Let's see. There she is. Pissed at tech, huh? Yep. It worked <laughs> fine all day. And then when I need it the most, it craps out on me. Hello, listeners. I'm back. All right. And we are now joined on the line by our AC magician. How you doing, Dara? Other than being pissed at tech, I'm fine, Tim. All right. Well, I just started the 15 super food superstitions that could ruin your entire life. The first one is burying bourbon where you're getting married. Okay. Oh it has that to do with rain, but it I around was, a little. Yeah, but I thought rain. I thought rain under winning day is actually good luck. Ah, uh, who knows? She anyway, here's she's not saying anything. Well, anyway, here's the pro tip. Oh be a real southerner and dig it up at the end of the reception for the wedding. That's a surefire way to have a restful night, right, newlyweds? <laughs> Not when the groom is feeling frisky. Yeah, true. All right, number two. This is a classic. Garlic wards off vampires and the curse of the evil eye. <laughs> so... Garlic is such a common food superstition centerpiece. We have to imagine that Italians are naturally born repellent to vampires and the evil eye curse. Everyone knows that vampires hate garlic, though Bram Stoker was the first one to use the myth in a pervasive piece of culture enough for it to stick. Many believe that garlic wards off vampires because the smell of garlic repels mosquitoes. Vampires, like mosquitoes, suck blood. As for the evil eye, garlic is, in general, believed to ward off evil from a new bride on her winning day to enemy forces in battle. The ancient Greeks, in particular, latched onto garlic as a supernatural and natural cure-all. And in India, garlic actually means slayer of monsters in Sanskrit. What? <laughs> what? Don't ask. I have no idea how that happened. Why do you think I just said, oh. what? Yeah. Oh, my. Oops, excuse me, my nose. If you want to get right. rid of your enemies, just eat a big old clove of garlic and breathe in their face. Yeah. Don't oh, have halitosis. <laughs> Let's see. Number three. Never give someone a knife because it represents cutting ties. Well, oh, th- there is a backside to that superstition, too. If you give someone a sharp object, object like a knife or, or like a knife, you give them a oh god, I think a give them a coin. Well, hang on, I'll tell you the I'll tell you what it is. This particular superstition is found everywhere from Asia to South America to Europe to the United States. Apparently, if you want to sever a relationship with someone while also still getting them a gift, talk about passive aggressive behavior, a knife is the way to do it. However, you can counter this with good luck by including a penny with the purchase in an effort to show the universe the person is buying their own knife. Right. Okay. um, We gave a sharp, I think it could pertain to any sharp object, but particularly Mm -hmm. knives. Okay. Anyway, here's the next one. Except for Christmas one year, and Mom insisted on giving him a Giving him a penny. Okay. All right, here's an interesting one at number four. If you cut open a loaf of bread with a big hole or bubble in the center, someone at the table will die soon. This is from England. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. I knew the Brits how, were weird, but I knew the Brits ominous. were weird. Yeah. How ominous, goodness. As if we didn't have enough to fear pre-vaccinations, we have to introduce folklore like this to our culture. I mean, how stressful is the grocery oh, store already that your choice of bread is the curse that can kill someone you're having dinner with? This isn't the only bread curse either. Apparently in New Jersey and Ohio, a hole in a loaf of bread specifically symbolizes an open grave. Same difference. <laughs> okay. Who wrote this article anyway? Uh, all it says is, it's uh, it says, wide open eats staff writer. That's it. <laughs> all right. Next up at number five... When do they have? Oh boy, someone put number four twice. All right. Anyway, next one is: if you spill salt, throw it over your left shoulder for good luck. From Germany. I've heard of this one. If you haven't heard Still of this alive. tradition, you might. Yeah. If you haven't heard of this tradition, you might need to get out more. One of the most standard superstitions around: salt is prevalent in most cultures' bad omens. A German proverb is where the direct phrasing of the superstition comes from. Though many can trace its origins back to Da Vinci's The Last Supper painting, where Judas Iscariot has knocked over a salt cellar in the depiction. The real origin of the superstition is that salt was ridiculously expensive in earlier cultures, and it was related to future loss if any salt at all was spilled. How do you beat it? Well, if you can't beat them, join them. Just toss it over your shoulder. People think you'll hit the devil between the eyes, or just don't go around spilling salt. Easy. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting one. If you cut your noodles before serving them, you're cutting your life short. From China. I like the slurping sound it makes when you're going. Yeah. And you know what? Bright, what? And in some cultures, I think in Japan, uh-huh. in China, uh-huh. if you slurp your noodles when you eat them, you're telling the cook... You did a good job. Exactly. Huh. I can, I can confirm it is that way in Japan. I can mm-hmm. confirm that. Cool. Well, anyway, in a variety of Chinese cultures, long noodles represent unbroken long lives. All noodles should always be served uncut unless you cut your guest lives short with a few ill knife strokes. This also goes for all of you monsters... That's crossed out. Who insists on breaking your pasta noodles in half, half before adding the water? Just wait 30 seconds. The noodles will become pliable enough to all fit in the pot. Remember, you can kill someone if you don't wait. Just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> Whoever wrote that article has a sense of humor. Yeah. All right, here's an interesting one. If a man and a woman pour tea together, they'll conceive a child in a year. Okay, where's oh, that from? Another one from England? Nope, from the southern U.S. of A. <laughs> Excuse this me, has oh, I gotta go my. see what's upsetting. Okay, princess. All right, this has southern grandma written all over it. Considering it's the south, it's definitely true for hot or iced tea. But you know it'll be sweet tea. The superstition meant to aid with fertility doesn't specify if both hands must be on the handle and pour once, or simply share a cup of tea. Either way, just don't do it with anyone you don't want to have a child with, you know, just in case. Southern grandmas are eerily always right. However, in other cultures, two people shouldn't pour tea from the same pot, which is why the host is expected to serve all beverages. Other cultures believe that if you have sugar at the bottom of your empty teacup or mug, it means someone is in love with you. Lots of conflicting messages around tea. Hmm. Let's see, next up is... 
if you break open an egg with two yolks, someone close to you will get married or have twins. Oh, my. Yeah, this is Romani in origin. Eggs have long civilized fertility, and the good omen of two yolks in one bowl only drives the superstition to near legend status. Farmers would scatter broken eggs into their fields to hope for an abundant crop, and they're not wrong. We know now that eggshells are excellent fertilizers, which is true. The Roma, or Romani, is a nomadic ethnic group living in mostly Europe, and the superstition of pregnancy from a double egg yolk is most earliest attributed to them. However, in Norse culture, cracking it into a double yolk egg means you or a family member will meet your death sooner rather than later. You should just have to hope for the best. Okay, here's an interesting one. If you bring a banana on a fishing boat, you won't catch anything. This is from Latin America. Many believe this old superstition dates back to a bunch of bad bananas that carried aboard bacteria to a fishing boat that ended up killing most of the crew in the 1700s. While that's neither here nor there, it seems the purpose of the superstition has stuck and fishing captains around the country would really just prefer you leaving the bananas at home. The sea is a fickle place. No need to tempt it with silly bananas, right? And it's not just bananas. We've heard stories about perfectly good banana boat sunscreen being tossed overboard after an unsuccessful morning. Don't say we didn't warn you. Also, never cut your banana with a knife or else you'll have bad luck. Simply break it into smaller pieces sans blade. And believe it or not, my nose is beginning to feel just a wee bit stuffed again. So I'm going to mute for just about about 10-15 seconds and blow my nose. Because I really don't want to do it on the air, if you know what I mean. So hang on, I'll be right back. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. Sorry about the interruption. That's all right. Oh, my. Well, it's just like that ESPN show, pardon the interruption. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway. Let's see. <laughs> Boy, Janet, you missed some doozies here. Um, okay, just give me the Reader's Digest condensed version before you go on, please. Okay, basically, uh, if a man and woman pour tea together, they conceive a child in a year. If you break open an egg with two yolks, someone close to you will get married or have twins. And then, if you bring a banana on a fishing boat, you won't catch anything. Now we're up to the next one. If you stick your chopsticks upright into a bowl of rice, you're very rude and also might die soon. Well, okay, I might differ with that one, but... Yeah, this is out of Japan. Uh, this gesture is used specifically for funeral services in Japan, and so it makes sense that sticking your chopsticks straight up and down in a bowl will earn you an early grave according to this superstition. Additionally, it's considered rude table manners. How do you combat it? Place the chopsticks on the chopstick rest and eat your long noodles for a fruitful life. Okay. Okay. Number 10. If your coffee has bubbles on the top and they float in your direction, you'll come into some money. This is also from England. So, 
Coffee tends to have good omens associated with it, with the exception of toasting with coffee. A common British superstition and later a common southern one, this is one superstition we can get behind. Just make sure the bubbles float toward you and not away. Semantics. Or could just or you could just stir it up yourself. <laughs> okay, listen. Mm-hmm. I think the dogs will calm princess will calm down once I get in the room. So what I'm gonna do is call back on my phone. Okay. That'll work. So just listen out for me, okay? Sure thing. <sighs> All right. Sorry, I'm really tired. All right, well, anyway, next up, giving someone an orange makes them fall in love with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. All right, I shall be back in about five minutes. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about this. Nah, you're fine. It's okay. All right, well, anyway, in the Western world, oranges have long been symbols of good luck. We scoured the web looking for those origin stories, but alas, we are only left with the idea that giving someone an orange will make them love you back. Additionally, British brides way back when were encouraged to include an orange blossom in their bridal bouquet to promise a happy marriage. From now, For now, though, we'll leave you with the poem Oranges by Gary Soto, all about an orange and a young love. All right, next up, eating black-eyed peas on New Year's will bring you good luck for the year, specifically in money. I know I've, I mean, I've not been that successful, but who cares? I like eating, I like eating the black-eyed peas anyway. Noticing that most of the superstitions from the South have positive outcomes, thank goodness. To fully achieve peak Southern tradition, you need a full dinner plate. Serve up black-eyed peas for coinage, cabbage and ham for good health, and collard greens for dollar bills. The more you eat, the more luck will follow you in those areas in the new year. Eat up, y'all. This is an omen we don't mess with. (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. Burn onion peels to attract wealth. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, yeah. This is interesting. All right. This superstition comes to us from a few sources, but the most reliable is Vance Randolph's Ozark Superstitions. The thought process behind burning the onion peels is that you should never throw them out. If you were truly poor, as the superstition states, then the onion peels would be in your soup pot and not in the garbage bin. Keep them in the soup pot and burn them away instead of throwing them out. This dates back to the period of the Civil War. Hmm, interesting. Okay, I'll just keep an eye out for Janet, too, because I know she'll be back soon. Let's see. Tossing rice at newlyweds symbolizes fertility and prosperity. Uh, We've all seen it, but believe it or not, it's from Rome, Italy. When marriage meant a transfer of land and power and not always love, this superstition was born. Families would throw everything from wheat to figs in Morocco to oats at newlyweds to increase their assets. It's thought that rice was settled on eventually because it was widely available and generally was inexpensive. Speak for yourself, a 50-pound a bag at uh, Sam's Club is $35. Uh, let's see. Rice was a popular wedding tradition up until the early 2010s when couples began choosing less painful things to get hit with. Just kidding, but rice as a tradition has fallen by the wayside, replaced with items like flower petals and the like, which I can certainly understand. And then finally, if you can, if you have two forks on your plate, a wedding is soon to come. <coughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, my. Let's see. 
Let's see. Southern traditions are all about love, or so it seems. Now, it makes sense why so many Southern nanas always ask about our love lives at holiday dinners. So what's the deal with this superstition? If two forks happen to be together on a plate, it symbolizes a wedding will soon happen. Whether it's involving you or not remains to be seen. This isn't the only appearance by silverware in classic folklore. It's a German belief that if you drop a fork, a woman will visit. If you drop a spoon, a man will visit. And if you drop a knife, a child will be ringing your bell. I suppose we've read much worse superstitions, so we'll let the flatware slide for now. There she is. Hello again. Hello, and guess what? That's all they wanted was a human presence in the room. Aw. All they wanted was a human presence in the room. She quieted right down. Uh, let's see. Well, I just finished all 15 of those um, superstitions. Okay. Let's see. Here's another interesting one. I think this one is actually, I believe, out of Australia. Of course, I could be wrong. Yeah, this is Australia. But uh, this is a fishy superstitions for good and bad luck. In other words, this involves fish and seafood. Oh, what's that? The cat. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh. I am mega tired tonight. I'm definitely going to sleep after the shoe. <laughs> okay, now this was posted back on November 12th of 2018, so this is pretty recent. So here's what's going on. Across cultures, eating or catching fish seem to attract more superstitions than any other activity. On food safari water, taste of Senegal's Isatoba confirms without hesitation that the head of the fish should go to the eldest person at the table. It's said to be unlucky not to, but in truth, this traditional practice ensures that the most nutritious part of the fish goes to the person who needs it most. When it comes to fish heads, superstition is a fish head is considered nutrition. Unless you count huh? the cheeks. Unless you yeah. count the fish cheeks. Yeah, let's see. When it comes to fish heads, superstitions abound. It's said that you should eat the head of the fish on the night of Rosh Hashanah in order to ensure that you think with your head, not your tail, during the New Year. <laughs> in other words, think with your head, not your heart. Yeah. Or in this case, not your oh tail is more like not your ass. I like what they said. But I like the way they said it better. Yeah. At a Chinese New Year gathering, the head of the fish should be positioned towards the most honorable member of the group. However, whoever eats the head should leave some behind in order to ensure plenty of surplus in the year of head. In Sicily, leaving a fish head on the doorstep of your enemy will keep them away any time of year. Well, run that last oh part my. by me. I couldn't understand through your giggles, surely. <laughs> Insistently, leaving a fish head on the doorstep of your enemy will keep them away at any time of year. Especially in the summer when the um, when the um, when the flesh tends to ferment a little. Especially in the heat, depending on how hot it gets. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. 
Let's see. It's not just the heads that get the superstition all riled up. There are many there are many superstitions attached to seafood, fish, and the sea. It seems that most cultures around the world are deeply suspicious of all three. It's not all bad, though. There are just as many fishy superstitions attached to good luck as there are attached to bad. Unless you're a fisherman, who are all who are pretty much all doom and gloom. Okay, maybe not all of them. Let's see. Flish flipping fiasco. Did you know that it's bad luck to flip over a cooked fish? If you grew up in any number of fishing regions in China, the superstition would be embedded on your very soul. Or should that be soul, S-O-L-E? Flip a cooked fish and you've you've doomed the ship to capsize. So, how exactly do you eat the other side of your fish. In my family, we pull the meat from beneath the fish, leaving the bone in place, says Rachel Yu Chen, whose family emigrated to Sydney from Guangzhou in the Guangdong province. I don't really believe that a boat is going to capsize, but I still wouldn't dare flip the fish. (laughs) Well, that's the difference between Chinese culture and ours. When we cook, like when we fry catfish, we've got to turn it over to get the other side done. Right. Because if we don't turn it over, you have raw on the top and cooked on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's also the fact that stirring your tea with a knife or fork will invite bad luck or just bad manners. Also, having a redhead on a boat means you won't catch anything unless you speak to them before they speak to you. Actually, chances are they won't be speaking to you ever again after you mention that having them around is bad luck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> of all the strange fishing superstitions, though, the banana on a boat theory has got to be the wildest. They are believed to be so unlucky that having a single banana on board means a ship will become lost. No idea what cargo ships transporting whole boatloads of bananas back in the day mean of that. Well, you want to know something? How do you what? think they got bananas from Central and South America where they grow them to the United States to get in our supermarkets? Right. Because, yeah, you and I saw the Dole ship when we were going around on the on the in San Diego Bay, the San Diego Harbor on that boat. We saw yeah. one of those. Um, we saw one of those barges. It was a container ship hauling bananas. Right. Yeah. Okay. Another little thing. Why do you think they um, shipped them green? Because if they shipped them yellow, they'd be they'd be overripe and no good yeah, by the time they got there. Attracting fruit flute fries. Yep. Yeah, they'll attract flute fries. <laughs> flute fries. Yep. Let's see. Not very coy pet. According to the Chinese, fishermen will be wise to forget the bananas and keep fish rather than catch them. Owning a fish is considered a good move due to the Mandarin characters for fish and water being associated with plenty. Most Chinese families try to keep a pet fish, confirms Chen. A red or gold dragonfish, or arowana, is considered specifically beneficial as they they are also the lucky colors. Arowana sells for many thousands of dollars in China. Ooh, (laughs) In other words, if you're really desperate, do that, but I ain't doing that. Koi is another fish that is the that is favored by the Chinese for its special lucky powers. The same is true in Japanese culture, where the koi carp has come to represent everything from courage and perseverance to good fortune and prosperity. Initially, koi symbolized love and friendship, as the word koi is a homophone for the word for affection. And then, oh God, I love this next one. Carping on and on. 
An ancient story about koi swimming up a waterfall inspired Children's Day, an annual national holiday in Japan on May 5th. Traditionally, every family flew homemade koinobori, giant carp windsocks from flagpoles next to their houses in the month leading up to Children's Day and for a couple weeks later. These days, koinobori can be purchased from toy stores and many families still honor the Children's Day carp flag fest. While koi cigarettes are in Japan, in Trinidad and Tobago, it is the cat, let's see, the cascado, the member of the catfish family, which is legendary. It is said that once you eat cascado, you will stay in Trinidad for the rest of your days. That's one way to plot visa laws for this beautiful island nation. A word of warning, though, Trinidad is probably positively brimming with bananas. So. Yeah. Uh, kind of funny how many associations there are with food. Food and luck, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, I know there's a lot of foods associated. Mm-hmm. You know, with superstition, tradition. Yep, yep exactly. Let's see. Oh, here's something interesting. We're not in. We're going to be a couple months from about a month and a half or so from March. Uh, try this. Beware of the Ides of March. Five foods considered unlucky around the world. Give me a chance to put that in the chat there. And the chat here. Ow, ow, ow. Sorry, my eyes itchy. Hold on. i got to do this again. Uh, excuse this, gentle people. Ow, my eye. There we go. All right. All right. Now, this was back on March 15, 2016, so it's not quite recent, but I thought it was close enough. On one of the unluckiest days, we explore foods that are generally considered to bring misfortune. All right, uh, there were some foods examined that were lucky. Now, on the flip side, there are also numerous foods considered unlucky around the world, in specific countries, or just in general, and thus should be avoided. Although the new year has already begun, today, uh, today, let's see, no, it's not today, but March 15th, of course, it's the middle of the month, which, of course, is the Ides of March. Okay. I was wondering what the Ides of March referred to. It was just simply the middle of March. Right. It's actually a related time of year. You see, although March is the third month of both the Gregorian and preceding Julian calendars, the original Roman one had March, Martius, as the first, and thus the traditional superstitions about the New Year lasted for about the initial two weeks of the month. In honor, or respect, or maybe fear, of the Ides, here are five foods to avoid if you're looking for good luck in the month of March for the year or just in general. Then again, even if things turn sour fortune-wise, you probably still won't have it as bad as Julius Caesar did back in 44 BCE, unless your colleagues and friends also suddenly decide to assassinate and overthrow you. In which case, I'd be on the lookout for any seers or fortune-tellers who warn you about March 15th. Better to err on the side of caution, right? Right. Okay. Uh, first is bananas. 
Now, with common knowledge that sailors and fishermen are generally quite superstitious, you would be too if you spent most of your life adrift in the middle of the ocean on a tiny vessel. The origins are uncertain. It may have involved a shipload of bacteria-filled bananas that allegedly killed an entire crew once, or simply anecdotal bad luck when one brings bananas on board for meals. But the legend has somehow become widespread throughout time. Some fishing charters ban anything remotely close to bananas. Banana muffins? Banana Republic clothing for the fashionable fishermen, or Fruit of the Loom underwear, whose logo doesn't even include a banana. With all this bad luck between the evil fruit and ships, it's amazing that the banana boat brand hasn't completely tanked. The what hasn't completely tanked? The banana boat franchise. You know, they make the shirts, the, the shirts, the sunscreen, the... Let's see. Oh, uh, here's a surprise. Lobster is one to avoid. Oh, come so, on. When lobsters really to are give up lobster. Wow. Oh, let's see. When lobsters are confronted by predators, they use their weird spider legs and plump, delicious tails to propel themselves backward to escape. As New Year in luck in general is about the uh, is all about looking forward, lobsters are seen as an unlucky food item that's and something that represents regrets or dwelling in the past. Okay. Yeah, the next up is parsley. Now, parsley itself is not bad luck, but what you do with it could be. Parsley is not supposed to be brought from one home to another or one garden to another, and it is typically does not transplant well, and attempting to do so is asking for misfortune. On the flip side, if parsley is planted and successfully grows, it is good luck for the gardener, especially if she is a pregnant woman. Although in that case, she should probably take a load off as it's exhausting the garden for two. The next up is, oh boy, poultry. Poultry. Yep. Give me a second, let me drink some water here. Mm. Similar to lobsters in their backward movement, superstitious people often avoid eating chicken or turkey too as those animals scratch backward while looking for food. This means anyone who conserves the animals will be looking behind them all year or will be forced to search dirt... Oh, dear. Hold on. Add pop-up. Get out of here. All right. This means anyone who conserves the animals will be looking behind them all year or will be forced to search the dirt for their food or success, but will only end up with chicken scratch. <laughs> oh, bad. Uh, also, although not very good at flying, the fact that poultry can do it a little bit is still seen as a bad omen, as one doesn't want their luck to fly away either. And last but not least, sour grapes. Literally. Okay. I don't like sour grapes. That one wouldn't apply to me. Yep. Anyway, nobody likes sour grapes, the food or the attitude. But this is especially true in Spanish culture, where it, where it is traditional for Spaniards to consume 12 grapes in the first 12 seconds of the new year. If the task is successfully completed, good luck will come to the consumer. If they fail, it is seen as a sign of bad luck. Although, even if the challenge is accomplished, any grapes consumed that were sour will represent a bad month based on their respective order. For example, if the third grape is sour, March will be unlucky. Beware the vines of March. This superstition was allegedly created by Spanish vineyard owners in the early 20th century, who now have a good look at the start of every year because of the tradition. So. <laughs> yep. Mm. 
Huge face. Let's see. So most of these are like what to eat on New Year's Day. Okay, Warren, of course, is the black-eyed peas, greens, and cornbread. Uh, even folks who aren't from the southern United States go all in on eating black-eyed peas and leafy greens for good luck on New Year's Day. Add a slice of cornbread, and you've got peas for pennies, greens for dollars, and cornbread for gold. Ooh. And there's JJ. Hey, JJ. All right, so I'm going to put that there. I'm also going to put it over here. All right, so uh, that was that. Number two is pork. Luck factor, pork for progress. Why does that sound like a presidential slogan? (laughs) Oh, my. Let's see. Pigs root around with their snouts moving in a forward direction, which is why many cultures around the world eat pork on New Year's Day to symbolize progress for the coming year. That's a hell of a good picture right there. Uh, number three, grapes, luck factor. In Spain and Mexico, eating 12 grapes at midnight as the clock strikes once for each hour will bring you luck for the next 12 months ahead. Not as easy as it sounds. And let's see, there's like a recipe, you can go to wherever. Okay, now here's a good one, pomegranates. Let's see, luck factor. Seeds have always been associated with fertility. In Greece, they hurl whole pomegranates to the floor to release a flood of seeds that symbolize life and abundance. Instead of smashing your pomegranate on the floor, uh, just go to uh, the Duran Duran section of uh, of the... uh... (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Instead of smashing your pomegranate on the floor, try this easy method to get the seeds out and then use it in a recipe. Spice, pears, and pomegranate. All right. Fish. Yes, fish. So many fish in the sea. Maybe that's why they're symbolized abundance in the New Year and around the world. Asian cultures feast on whole fish to celebrate Lunar New Year, while the other, on the other side of the globe, Europeans eat cod, herring, and carp. Well, you don't eat the silvery scales. They do stand for coinage and plenty of it. And, ooh, I like the picture of that big Dijon salmon. All right, noodles and rice. Luck factor. Noodles, especially long noodles, are thought to bring long life if you eat them without breaking them in the middle. Rice is all about fertility and wealth. Now, the recipe they've got, rice noodles with shiitakes, choy, and chilies. Then we've got cakes. The luck factor. Ring-shaped cakes and other rounded sweet treats bring a full circle of luck to the eater. In some traditions, a coin is baked inside to bring an extra serving of luck to the one who finds it. I think that's pretty cool. Ah, oh, here's me. And that, I believe, is the end of that article. And I think I just closed out the window when I didn't want to. Crap! Hold on. Lucky and unlucky foods. Thank you. Thank you. Alright. Yeah. Now the rest of these guys are basically like the tradition on the new year. 
And it's basically it's all basically the same thing we just had before. So Yeah, because basically all these are on New Year's Day, but, you know, we could go through with it and see what, you know, like, think about next year, right? There you go. All right, so. So this is courtesy of St. Louis Magazine. And basically, uh, it says superstitious what to eat and not eat on New Year's Day. So, yeah, this, yeah, there's a little bit of difference here from one I from one I read earlier. Uh, oh god, I'm so t- tired. Ow, and my eyes itching again. Ah, excuse me a second. Oh. Damn, my eye. Hold on. Bear with me. Growl. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, but I got an itchy eye. And unfortunately, with glasses, it does not really help. <laughs> no, it does not. Okay. Now I'm back in business. All right. So this was now this article was written by George Mahi on December 29, 2016. So let's see. Through the uh, throughout the ages and in every culture, there are customs and superstitions linked to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. In this country, bubbles are considered good luck, so imbibers toast the New Year with champagne. A piece of gold jewelry placed in your glass supposedly promises well, so many pack a bobble. Those who kiss at midnight are destined to remain close to us throughout the year. So place those kisses wisely. We make noise at midnight. Lots of it. Ostensibly to chase away evil spirits. Ow, ow, ow. Sorry, had a little pain right there. Food superstitions abound as well, and many rooted in the South. Of course, one theory says that black-eyed peas were the only food stuff left after the Yankees decimated the farmers' fields. Others believe that the slaves are, ate the ample legume on January 1st to celebrate the day the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. Today, anyone with, southern, with any southern blood in them at all eats black-eyed peas on the first day of the new year, usually with some type of greens, collards, kale, spinach, or cabbage, as the color signifies money, and a little more of that never hurts. Similarly, eating anything yellow is good luck as well, as yellow is the color of gold. Lentils, specifically green lentils, are lucky because of their roundness and symbolize coins. In the South, pigs are considered symbols of good luck because they root forward when foraging for their food. So a southern meal of black-eyed peas, pork, greens, and golden cornbread was believed to exponentially increase one's luck. Poppin' John, black-eyed peas, and pork is consumed all over the South on January 1st and is usually served over rice, another food that symbolizes abundance because it swells as, as it is cooked. A shiny coin often thrown into the Hoppin' John cooking pot, and the person who gets it in their bowl is due an extra portion of good luck, which they may need to pay for the tooth they fractured chomping down on that coin. We hear <coughs> there's also a variant called Hoppin' Juan, made with Spanish black beans. No word on whether or not okay, Hoppin' Giovanni exists. Huh? Must be in Spain. I dozed off. Uh, oh, no. my. <laughs> well, let's see. Another tradition. Let's see. Another tradition that holds that 
Another tradition holds that counting the number of peas predicts the amount of luck one will have in the coming year. One pea equals one day. So I suppose the optimum serving on New Year's Day is 365 black-eyed peas. You know, all of a sudden, January 2nd doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> well, I eat considerably more than 65 black-eyed peas on my New Year's. I have a bowl with cornbread in it, and then I'll have another bowl with a half a piece of cornbread in it. Uh. Yeah, Jack made jalapeno cornbread. We had jalapeno cornbread to go with our black-eyed peas this year. Ah. All right. Let's see. Oops. All right. So, conversely, it is considered bad luck to eat crab or lobster on New Year's Day as they move sideways and no bottom dwellers either, like catfish, or may become a bottom feeder as well. Other fish are okay because they swim forward. Now, it's very bad luck to eat chicken. Get ready for a bark. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, where the heck was I? Oh, yeah. Other fish are okay because they swim forward. Okay. Okay. Oh, shoot. Where the heck was I? uh, Oh, here it is. That's all right. Conversely, it's considered bad luck to eat crab or lobster on New Year's Day as they move sideways and no bottom dwellers either. Like catfish, you 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 may become a bottom feeder as well. But other fish are okay because they swim forward. Now, it's very bad luck to eat chicken or turkey because they scratch backward for food, so anyone consuming this type of poultry is destined to scratch in the dirt. Huh? Oh. He's a member of our radio show. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's slide higher. When the show's over. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, other fish are okay because they swim forward. Now, it's very bad luck to eat chicken or turkey because they scratch backward for food, so anyone consuming this type of poultry is destined to scratch in the dirt for food in the upcoming year. Oh, and any kind of beef is out as well, as cows eating, as cows eat standing still, and no one wants to do that. A Spanish tradition calls for eating 12 grapes, one at a time to represent the month, accompanied by a wish for each month. And if you encounter a sour grape, well, that month may not be so good. Now for the customs. Home cupboards and pantries must be stocked full heading into a new year. Doing so guarantees they'll stay that way, and no tears should be shed on the dawn of a new year, as it sets a precedent for the rest of the year. In this country, we write down regrets and toss them into the fire. We might even open the windows and doors at midnight to let the old year escape, and open them again the next day to let them fresh air in. In South America, though, they wear red underwear to catch a mate or yellow underwear for prosperity. And some believe better luck is achieved if one wears the underwear backwards. <laughs> okay, yeah. And if it has circles or polka dots on it, all the better, as it symbolizes, you guessed it, coins. On the first day of the year, citizens are encouraged not to work, as that is considered bad luck. Now you see, my mom wants to get things done before the new year. It is also bad luck to start the year by doing laundry or a family member may be washed away. So go okay. figure that one out. That's why my that's why mom always tells me don't do any chores on New Year's Day. So you get it all done the day before. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right. 
Well, you know what? I don't think there's anything else because it's all going back to New Year's and we've already covered everything. And we still have how much time? Uh, just over 12 minutes. So I think well, I think we could I, stop right here. Yeah, in, in fact, I'm, I, in fact, I got uh, some jokes I'd like to share with the two of you that'll help pass a few minutes. Sure, Should go I ahead. Groan? Should I laugh or groan? Huh? Should I laugh oh, or should a, I groan? <laughs> you're probably doing a little bit of you'd probably be doing a little bit of both because every single one of these could very well be another entry in the pun war. So and there's twelve there's twelve twelve of them all together and I'll pause briefly after each one to you catch your responses. Here's the first one. Milk is also the fastest liquid on earth. It's pasteurized before you even see it. Okay. Is it uh, true or false, oh, right? Oh, it's pasteurized. No. Oh, pasteurized. Oh. Now I got it. Ah, uh, got it. Pasteurized. Yep. It took me a minute to think about that one. <laughs> pasteurized before you even see it. Oh my! Here's the second one. What does an annoying pepper do? It gets jalapeno face. It gets jalapeno face. Ah. Uh, it just jalapeno what? Jalapeno face. Okay. Jalapeno face. All up in your face. I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> No. Oh God, that one I had to think on a little bit. Some of these you I might have, have to think about. Some of these you might have to think about. And that was that was food related even. Here's number three. I'm so good at sleeping, I can do it with my eyes closed. Oh, that one's terrible. That's terrible. But that is terrible. <laughs> number four. Last night I dreamt I was a muffler. I woke up exhausted. Muffler. I woke up exhausted. Oh. 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 Punster, where do you get your bad puns? This isn't even from. No, this is something a friend of mine posted. Next one. And I'm going to pause after the first half to see if you guys come up with some answer for this one. Why don't you ask a hobbit for money? Why don't you ask a hobbit for money? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Do you, Shirley? Nope. Because they're always a little short. Oh. <laughs> oh, I got to give you this one. Um. I realized it when I saw it when now when I went to Dragon Con, met Brandon Routh, Brandon Routh and all, and I remember he had this T-shirt on. It says. Oh sure. Surely. It, it says. Yes. You dropped out for a minute. Oh. All right. Well, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, right. yes. Anyway, yes, yes, um. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, um. Brandon Routh had this really funny shirt. It said, Never trust an atom. They make up everything. Oh, that was actually, yes, I that saw that one. Actually, I remember that, seeing yeah, that, that one. Actually, 
That one's actually on my list, actually, so we'll skip that one. Mm-hmm. Here's the, here's the next one. Parallel lines have so much in common. It's a shame they'll never meet. Oh, that is true. Okay. I have a hard time. What did Kim just say, Shirley? Okay. Parallel lines... Parallel lines live hard lives. They never, they will never meet. Yeah. No, parallel lines have so much in common. It's ah. a shame they'll never meet. Yeah. And the one, ad, the one after that is the Adam one. Here we just told, so I'll skip that one. Okay. Okay. Here, here, here's another, here's another one. next one. Uh, actually, the next one, two, next four are all questions. So I'll stop after the questions and see if you guys have an answer before I tell it to you. Okay. Here's the next one. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Because pterodactyls are extinct? Besides that. Uh, I don't know. Me neither. I don't have any idea. Because the P is silent. Oh. 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 Good one. But uh, oh, hey, did you hear the, about the guy who jumped off the Point Noof in Paris? They say no, he went what insane. happened? They say he went insane. Oh, that's the that river. one kind of lost me. That's the name of the river that goes through Paris is the same. They say he went insane. Okay. All right, gotcha. Now I get it. Okay. Next one. Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? That's true. Mm-hmm. They were Where cooked in Greece. Oh. 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 <laughs> No, to she. Why couldn't the lifeguard save the hippie? Okay, why couldn't the lifeguard save the hippie? I'll bite. He was too far out, man. Oh. Oh, I should know some of these. And the last one. I hear the deep is not a good password to use. Hmm. It's just not strong enough. Oh, it's not strong enough, strong enough. Oh, <laughs> oh <God my>. damn. <laughs> I need to get bigger cannonballs, I swear. <laughs> so you can, you can consider each one of these another shot in the pun war. Well, I haven't, I, I haven't launched myself out at you in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't shot, fired any shots at the two of you in a while either until I saw these. Uh, nope, I got to get them. I think my favorite one is the ter- one about the pterodactyl going to the bathroom because unless you knew how the P was silent, you wouldn't get the joke. But you don't pronounce the P in pterodactyl. Yeah. If you did pronounce the P in pterodactyl, it would be pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. 
and the, the one about Point Nuke and Paris is kind of difficult if you don't know your geography. Another and the French fry one was good too. They were cooked in grease. Oh my. Mhm. But anyway. Well, let's see. We got four minutes left. Basically, in a nutshell, tomorrow night is the Thursday free for all. Friday, I all have to do is review the Flash, and then it's all Naughty Mad Libs for the remainder of the night. Oh yeah, I'll be ready. Yeah, and I'm gonna go ahead and start making this announcement now. While we're while we're, while it's hot right now, there will be no show at all on Monday. Or Tuesday of next week. Here's why. So Monday is Martin Luther week, King yeah. Day. Yeah, Mother Lu- Mother Luton King. Oh, good <laughs> lord. Quit tripping over your tongue, girl. Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is on Monday. That is a national holiday. There will be no mail, and you know our rule: no mail, no show. And uh, then, now, on Tuesday, we normally have a show, but I will be up in Birmingham enjoying the Metallica concert. So, I will, so I will not, I would never make it home in time, because by 9 p.m., I think Metallica would probably, like, in the middle of their show, (laughs) so. Oh, God, somebody will be sleeping in late Wednesday morning. Oh, don't worry. I intend to. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared to cover your ears. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to have headphones with me. Here's another shot of the two of you. There okay. are three kinds of people. There are three kinds of people in this world: those who are good at math and those who aren't. Mhm. Okay. Evidently, that person was not good at math because you said three different kinds of people. You only that's named two. That's that's the joke. Right. Okay. Yeah, but you know, just to give you a heads up. Next week, we're only gonna have three shows. Well, we have our attention to one topic already for next week too. It's gonna be called food orders with a side of assault. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. I I will try to find that video on YouTube of the gal that went ballistic because she couldn't get her chicken nuggets at 10 10 o'clock in the morning. She couldn't Mm -hmm. get her order of chicken nuggets. Right. She went ballistic on the person at the drive-thru window, at the window. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. That one would apply. Yeah. Well, anyway, we are running out of time, so um, just remember, tomorrow is the Thursday free-for-all. So, all I can say is this. We hope you we, we hope we didn't leave you too hungry. We hope we didn't leave you in bad aftertaste in your mouth, because, you know, there might be some foods you like that are considered bad luck. So, if you're superstitious, we apologize. Anyway, um, 
please remember <laughs> to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on our website, beyondtheairwaves.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, there are three ways to catch up. First, there's the Stitcher.com app available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkradio.com. And finally, you can find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast for Beyond the Airwaves, and you'll find many of our episodes there. So with that in mind, I'm going to say love, peace, and chicken grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday free-for-all. All right, that's all for tonight. Everybody have a great ning and great ning, <laughs> a great night, whatever. And remember, you. I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up. That's number one. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am. This is the voice of the Mysterons. We know you can hear us, Earthmen. Shut up! And I've got one extra surprise. Brand new one. Now that's a corny thing to say. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Good one! Yep. All right. That's all for tonight, so... Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Night, y'all. Shana, everybody. Shana. Shana.